and good day. Welcome to Super Good Camping Podcast. This is our third episode. I'm Pamela. And I'm Tim. And we wanted to talk about a couple of things today. We wanted to just revisit choosing the perfect campsite. There's a couple of things we should have mentioned last time that we neglected to, so we'll add to that today. We also wanted to get into choosing a campground, and we'll talk about Arrowhead Provincial Park. So sit back, relax, have your favorite warm beverage, and we'll get going. So as far as choosing a favorite uh, campsite, one of the things we didn't mention last time was electric versus non-electric. What do you think, Tim, as far as choosing that, pros and cons? Uh, for my money, I mean, we generally choose non-electric sites. We have battery-operated lights for you know evening sort of stuff. Uh, everything else runs on propane. We don't need to uh, to hook into anything. Uh, we have solar chargers as well for things too. We're, we are tree huggers. But we're dependent um, on sunshine for that, which doesn't always cooperate. Correct, although we do use, we, we have power banks, uh, so we charge them and, and hopefully get through a, a few days of running uh, any devices or charging, you know, recharging cameras, et cetera, like that. What the biggest thing I find difference-wise between electric and non-electric is being that we tent camp, uh, we tend to not have a big RV right beside us uh, with their air conditioning running. And, and, and don't misunderstand, each to their own. It's just not my style of camping, so I'm looking for a, a, a sort of a quieter area. Uh, which we've discussed before. So there are my thoughts on on electric versus non. If obviously if you've got uh, an RV or even a even a pop up trailer, you know sometimes it's a little dark inside. You're running off 12 volt battery uh, that maybe you forgot to charge before you showed up or what have you. You don't want to be running a generator. So maybe an electric site is the is the right choice for you there. Or as you're headed towards winter, if you're going to be a little cool and you're going to run an electric uh, electric heater or something like that, there's a good reason to have an electric site. But be safe with that electric heater in your tent, please. While we try to be disconnected from our electronic devices while we're camping, one of us is a little bit dependent on staying on top of emails. Otherwise, by the time I get back, there's going to be a week worth of email that I can't possibly catch up on. So anyway, I do tend to try to stay on top of my emails once or twice a day, even while we're away and need to do that on my phone. So that's our electric versus non-electric. Radio-free is something we often also gravitate towards for similar reasons as far as we like the quiet and so we don't want to have to listen to somebody else's music. <laughs> Which we've also discussed. And site size was something we didn't touch on last time either. We have a preference for the size of site we need for tents and so we'll, we'll have typically two tents one for us and one for the kids. So we've had a really large tent at some point where we all slept in the really large tent, but then we broke it up into smaller tents as the kids wanted a bit more privacy. The privacy is in your head because it's a very thin piece of nylon between you and them. There's no privacy. And then as far as choosing your site, you might be set on one that you absolutely love and think is the perfect one, but we usually recommend having several as backup options just in case you can't get your ideal site. Uh, you at least have a few other options chosen so that you're not kind of wasting time at the time that you can book the site uh, with trying to find another one. Yeah, so you're definitely going to run into it at some point where you've chosen your perfect site and when you go to book it, somebody's done that five month and 23 day loop hole uh, and your site's gone. Uh, particularly with, again, more popular parks and 
they're within each park often at particular campground is more popular with a particular type of camper whether it's a tent camper or you'll you'll walk through some or bike through some uh, when you're camping and find that they're just chock full of of the larger motorhomes and, and RVs because they're just they're designed easier to back or to drive through with an RV uh, they're all electric sites they're closer to the dumping stations etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, me personally I've been a bit of a whack job I pick about six sites as a general rule as backups, or at least five. I pick our ideal site and then I start ranking about another five so that we're, we're not boned when it comes to going to booking. And you're at seven o'clock in the morning, five months ahead of time, you'd be surprised at how quickly you'll look at it and go, oh, great. And then you'll go and just, just double check another site that's better and then you'll come back and your site's gone. It is that fast. And so we use information from the provincial park's own websites, but Tim also has a couple of other resources that he'll look at in terms of trying to look at pictures of the different sites. Right, so at some point we should do a full list of my favorite bookmarks for picking sites. I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but there is one site, It's called, I believe it's called Campsite Pictures. It is a pay site, it's $5 a year. Uh, and totally worth it. It doesn't have every Ontario park, but it has the majority of them. Absolutely has all the popular ones. And it gives you just another perspective, another go at looking at maybe different angles on the sites. Cause it's, you know, it's a picture, it's two dimensional. It's a little, it's not always easy to see exactly all the things that you're looking for. Obviously, as I've said before, I follow a boatload of uh, Facebook groups that are searchable. So you get to get people's perspectives on things, their sort of rating of any given campground and or site. And there are some ones on Facebook as well that do pictures for each park, often quite a few of the sites in the park themselves. So they're, they're all in folders within that group that are uh, they're pretty awesome. So let's move on. We'll talk about choosing a campground or a provincial park. So there's some of the things that we would like to look into as far as what features we're looking for when we're choosing a particular park to go to. Landscape, for example, is something you might want to consider. Like if you definitely love to hang out on the beach, that's going to be your main activity for the course of the time that you're there. Then you want a particularly good beach. And you might want to be at a lake where you can go canoeing or kayaking or where you can do some fishing. Uh, you might want to have a river where you could do some river kayaking. Granite outcroppings are always quite beautiful in terms of just natural landscape. Arrowhead, which we'll get to one of the places where we used to go swimming, were these beautiful granite rocks. And so you'd swim and you'd get kind of cooled off and then you could lie out on the granite rocks, which were nicely warmed by the sun and get warmed back up again. So it was quite lovely there. As far as other landscape, any other comments, Tim? Well, the thought of swimming in particular Stubbs Falls, which we will rave about, that would be the get cooled down, get back on the granite rocks part in the Arrowhead Lake, I think. It's got a fabulous beach, but it's also one of the things I quite liked about it was that it's a very shallow entry into the water. You can go quite a ways out and the kids can only be, you know, up to their waists in water. So since ours were a little smaller back then, they aren't now, that was an important thing. You didn't have to be right on top of them. They could have some independent playtime, you know, catch, you know, frogs, fish, whatever. There was safety. They could play around in the boat and you didn't have to worry about them falling out and into six feet of water and not be able to touch bottom, that sort of deal. 
and distance from home was a factor for us too, especially when the kids were younger, that to have them entertained in the car for six hours driving somewhere really was not something we wanted to do. So that's why our first park was sibled because it was close to home. But we've gradually sort of extended our distance as far as how far we were willing to drive. Last summer, we went to Killarney Provincial Park, which was a five or six hour drive. But earlier on, we tried to aim for ones that were like an hour to two hours from home. And then dog friendly, because we have had dogs as long as we've been camping together. So we wanted a dog beach or we wanted at least a park where the dogs would have a, an exercise area where they could roam somewhat freely and get some exercise and not be constantly on the leash. We like to hike and we always bring our bikes with us when we go camping. We always like to have places where we can do both. And then swimming is something that we always will do as well and the kids love to spend time in the water. Uh, and fishing is something that we have done. One of the things to mention is some of the parks too are also open year round so that you can also partake in winter activities. And that's one of the features of Arrowhead Provincial Park as well is that they have cross-country skiing, they have a, a famous skating trail that's a 1.3 kilometer trail where you can weave through the woods and they have tubing and snowshoeing. As far as uh, Arrowhead's concerned, that's some of the activities you can do in the winter time as well as all the summer activities. Yes, and the trail is also, I don't know that every night, but I know that some nights they have like tiki torches uh, along the trail and I light them up. That's something that's on my bucket list to do. It looks very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, combined with that, they also have 10 cabins that you can rent by the night. I'm sure you'd want to be booking them. Oops, in July. You know, you can do your skating, your night skate and all that sort of jazz and then go enjoy some hot chocolate and stay overnight in the winter and then do some snowshoeing in the morning or whatever before you head out. I think that'd be totally cool. As a country girl that grew up in a um, small town and on a farm, our creek used to freeze over in the wintertime and you could go skating on it. And I remember one night in particular as a child that we went out skating at moonlit night and it was just magical. So I can imagine going to Arrowhead and doing the same at night there would be the same kind of feeling of just beautiful moonlit night where there's snow all around and you're just weaving through the woods on your skates. That leads nicely into Arrowhead Provincial Park which was our third park camping adventure together as a family. Some of the things that we loved about Arrowhead, Tim mentioned just briefly Stubbs Falls. We were fortunate enough, and this was quite by accident, that our campsite was quite close to one of the natural features in Arrowhead, which is Stubbs Falls, which is a small little waterfall that's over granite rocks. It falls down into a little pond kind of oh, area yeah. at the bottom yeah. that you could swim in. We strapped the kids into their life jackets, went into the bottom of Stubbs Falls, and it was almost like being in a natural hot tub with like water kind of bubbling all around. It wasn't hot, but it was very foamy water. So we puddled around the bottom of the falls, which was fun. The kids loved it. And in their life jackets, they would just kind of, the, the force of the water coming down the falls would push them away. So they'd be floating away from the bottom of the falls. It was tons of fun. The kids, we couldn't get them out of the falls. We spent, we spent more time there than doing anything else that year. It was great. And it's nice, you know, just the sound of the falls and whatnot. If there is any traffic on the road, which is not that far from there, that you can see it, but you can't hear it. It was very enjoyable. Just a one word of caution is it is a 
dangerous place as well. We witnessed that firsthand when we were there. We were again at the bottom of the falls puddling around and a young girl slipped up above in the falls and she fell down the falls to where I was at the bottom where I grabbed her and I handed her over to Tim who then handed her over to her parents. And fortunately she wasn't seriously injured. She was frightened but not seriously injured. <laughs> not as frightened as we were watching her come towards us. Right. We were so afraid that she was going to hit her head on the way down which thankfully she didn't. She remained conscious but just frightened. But anyway we saw that firsthand and in subsequent years someone unfortunately died in Stubbs Falls and I assume it was some, a similar circumstance where perhaps they fell in. But the rocks up above are quite slippery when they're wet and unexpectedly so. We certainly felt that ourselves fortunate enough not to actually have fallen in. Just to be aware if you are anywhere near there I would stay away from the upper part of the falls where the rocks are wet because it's easy that you could slip and fall in and then you can have a serious injury as a result. Unless you're a big fan of wearing water shoes because they, they'd be rubber and a lot more grippy than your bare wet feet. But yeah, yeah, absolutely use caution when you're, when you're walking your way down. One of the other very beautiful things about Arrowhead Provincial Park is the Big Bend Lookout, which is on one of the trails. So you hike the trail and you get to this platform, viewing platform, where you can look out over Big Bend, which is a big curve in the East River that passes through Arrowhead. The interesting thing about the Big Bend is that it's part of a process where the river curves to such an extent that it actually erodes away at the outer part of the curve, which pulls some of that soil further down the river and actually blocks itself off. And as it blocks itself off, it becomes something called an oxbow lake. So it's it's just a, a curved lake that has actually formed as a result of the curve of the river and the river has actually cut itself off and made itself into a little lake. This particular one flows in from Algonquin Park. I believe it's about a foot a year that it erodes the outer bank. So there's a big platform with a nice plaque on it to look at the Oxbow Lake, which is, is quite cool, just because it's uh, very distinct. And me personally, I've never seen anything like that before. But they have to move it back by a foot every year because the bank is disappearing underneath it. They, I think they've said it was about 20 feet over the last 20 years that it's, uh, they've had to move it back. Yeah, so as to mention, Arrowhead Lake was where we spent uh, another beautiful day with the kids. We had this little inflatable boat, so they would go out and just muck around in it and push each other out and topple it over. But they'd be fine because the water was shallow enough that there was no concern about anybody. Yeah, it's like two feet deep, two and a half feet yeah. deep. <laughs> and then you can also rent canoes and kayaks and paddle boats at Arrowhead. So if you don't have those things yourself, but you'd really love to enjoy the lake, you can rent them while you're at the park. We saw lots of people out canoeing and they would canoe actually again up to the top of Stubbs Falls, which was a nice little paddle. And then you could get out and you know moor your canoe and then wander around, check out the falls. And we also were fortunate enough to see a moose when we're at Arrowhead. We did too. I have pictures of our eldest with the moose in the background. I think we saw the moose twice off the top of my head because I think we were hiking once and we were biking once. But that's, I can't tell you how majestic a creature. That's so cool, man. And it was like, literally, we weren't very far away from our campsite for crying out loud. Maybe a five minute bike ride from our campsite when we saw it. It was holy mackerel. Well, and we're proud Canadians and we're proud of our moose. We're proud of our moose. We drink maple syrup once a week. <laughs> I think that's it for us. Unless you had any other comments about Arrowhead or should we regroup and go back. The things to consider are just electric versus non-electric. Do you want to be in the radio free section, which may be a little bit quieter? 
you want to choose your site based on the size of your accommodation. So do you have a tent, do you have a trailer? And choose several options just in case your ideal site has been taken. And then as far as choosing a campground or a provincial park, consider the landscape, how far you're willing to travel. Does it need to be dog friendly if you're bringing a dog with you? What activities would you like to partake of while you're there? Do you want to go hiking, biking, swimming, fishing? Do you want to be renting equipment like a canoe or a kayak? Did you want to go in the summer? Do you want to go in the winter? I think that kind of recaps. Just in case we didn't explain well enough about dog friendly, things like having a specific dog beach or at least a beach where dogs aren't banned because that is often the case or at the very least an exercise area there's often a you know sort of a grassy area set aside for dogs to run around because they need to do that sort of stuff so that's sort of what dog friendly is all about Right, and otherwise the regulations are that dogs have to be kept on a, a leash at all times of no longer than six feet. Yeah, two meters. And maybe just a side note about the hiking and the biking. There are a number of parks that have dedicated paths. Sometimes they're multi-use. In other words, you can hike them and bike them. But there are also a number of them that are set aside specifically for either hiking or biking. Usually if they're set aside for just one, it's for hiking. Uh, most parks have well-paved roads where traffic is supposed to be moving at 20 kilometers an hour, no more than 20 kilometers an hour, not necessarily the case all the time. But usually those are quite good for biking around too, whether it's even just to get the comfort station or, you know, sometimes you're going up to the park's convenience store to, to grab some wood or an ice cream. The kids do love that. Yeah. That's it for us today. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. If you'd like to reach out to us, our email address is hi at supergoodcamping.com. That's H-I at supergoodcamping.com. We'd love to hear from you, and if you have any questions or comments, please let us know. Thanks, and have a wonderful day. See ya. Bye.